thank you, Lord, that we can gather here today and just celebrate the joyous news of Jesus Christ, God with us. And Lord, as we open your word now, may I challenge our hearts once again. I pray for any here that still do not know Jesus on this Christmas. Lord, may your Holy Spirit reach them. May he grab hold of their souls. And may he save a sinner from condemnation and judgment. Do your work among us, we pray. Encourage us for the work you still have for those of us who believe. And may we glorify the name of Jesus Christ through our obedience. Amen. Well, open your Bibles with me and the day before Christmas I'd like to read from Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 to 6. And now I'm not going to climb into the whole of Paul's argument here because we'll be here for another whole week. So I'm just climbing right into the middle of it. No apologies. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 4 to 6. This is God's word. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And I'll just complete. And so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. What amazing truth. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm rubbing out my eyes and thinking, where does year go? I thought we just packed away the Christmas tree and now it's out again. And it seems to be, uh, the older people used to say to me, and this is giving away, but now, the years seem to go faster all the time. Well, suddenly they are going faster. So what does that say about me? But time is the same. 24 hours don't change. And yet, it isn't the same. Time is marching on. Every day that's gone is a day that will never be, is an opportunity that will never be again. And it's one day closer to the end of time as we know it, when Jesus Christ returns. But you know, as I look around me and as I was driving around town yesterday, it's just really sad to see, you see some good pictures, right? People with loaded with presents and little kids all excited, running around, tinsel in the hair, beautiful. And then the other side of that, people on their horns as other people pull into the traffic and dee 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 and everyone's sad to see. And then people rushing by trying to get the last minute stuff done and might have been one of you that I was seeing as well. And we've got this tick list that never seems to want to end and we've got to get it all done by Christmas. And then stuff breaks and you've got to try and get that fixed and it's not happening. But you know, in all our Russian helter and skelter, there's a very, very big danger for us as believers. And that is that we turn Jesus into a commodity Jesus. You see, Christmas is so busy and there's so much unfinished business that there's the danger of Jesus being shifted to the same level of importance as buying 
gifts and finishing those last minute tasks. Jesus becomes just another tick on the checklist of life. I don't know about you, but has Jesus still had perspective in your life this week? I've been really busy. Or Banksy, if you know anything about art, um, I don't, so I'll just quote what I know. Uh, Banksy is the guy who paints all these paintings, they appear on walls suddenly and then they millions. But he painted this painting which says a lot. It's called Jesus Christ with Shopping Bags. We need to stop as believers this morning, just stop and take stock. Because we can get carried along with all this rush of Christmas. We need to be reminded again from God's Word of the miracle that touched our lives. And we kind of started getting into that when we were singing this song before. There's a miracle that has touched our lives if we are believers. Stop. Take stock. Be reminded. You see, it's God's plan and work. When we look at that verse, verse 4 of Galatians chapter 4, we see that it says that when the fullness of time had come, that means there's a plan somewhere. It's also adoption language in what Paul is busy writing about. You see, in the fullness of time, at, at a Jewish child's life, at a specific time, they would then inherit from the Father and become a fully-fledged member of God's family. In the fullness of time it would happen, when that child was ready. Well, in the fullness of time... In God's predetermined plan of salvation that was there before man was even created, there was a time when something very specific would happen. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, right at the beginning of your Bibles, God said that the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. The seed of the woman will crush future tense. He was looking ahead. He knew what would happen. And our text says that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. Look at those words. Five words. Who's the initiator? God. Sends forth. There's a mission there. Who? A very specific individual. God. His Son. You see, it's God's prerogative. God was fulfilling His predetermined plans. And as Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7 said, the zeal of Almighty God, the Lord of the armies, was behind this. It would come to pass. And so when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son specifically. The second person of the Trinity... Up to now, He hadn't been called the Son. He'd been called the Word. In the beginning, says John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? But here He comes on a mission. And God gives Him the specific function. And He sends His Son to get born of a virgin. Speaking about his incarnation, his becoming man. Very specific purpose. 
And so we see God's miracle that touched your life and mine if you're a believer. And that is still available to you if you're not a believer yet in Jesus Christ. God sent His Son born of a woman. So what's the miracle in that? Usually that's what happens, right? We're all born of a woman. I haven't seen any men going into the maternity ward and coming out. Whatever the, the whole new push for the transgenders might be, that's proof for me of what you are. You can't change that. God sent forth His Son to get born of a woman. So what's different? Look at that phrase. This is not just a normal phrase here. God born of a woman. So does that mean the woman created God? As some will say, not at all. God chose to show Himself to humanity by having His Spirit come upon a woman, Mary, who was a virgin, and she conceived by God, and that baby who was in her was God, who was a man. My little computer can't work that one. But God says that's what happened. And there are many out who will attack the virgin birth. And they'll say it's just a story that was passed through the generations and in that specific culture by believers to kind of hype up this whole idea of God who is God. Well, no, it's not. God says it happened. And it's happened. We need to believe it. We can't make it less than what it is. It's a miracle. God was born of a woman. That did also not mean that God had to become less of God to become a man. He was still fully God, and yet He became fully man. Now, that's also too much for my little human computer. You might be able to understand it, and then you God, but I'm not. God became man. Now, I use this carefully, very carefully, so please. It's as if he transformed himself. If you've seen those little transformer little cars, it looks like one thing, but then it suddenly is another thing. But it's still the whole thing, right? It's just changed shape. Well, it's not a full thing here, but God, in a way, had to show us who God is, and so he became man through a woman. And his requirements, he was born under the law. And so Jesus became one of us. When Jesus was born as a baby, He came under the full requirements for God's holiness as per the Ten Commandments at that stage, which had been given. God's holy law. He had to live as a man. He had to live and keep God's requirements fully. All around Him, humankind is failing. No one had been able to keep God's laws perfectly. But here came this baby born of a woman and he would keep God's law perfectly. You see, we all live before a holy God. None of us can keep his law perfectly. And that's why we needed this baby who would come, who would grow up and keep his law perfectly. We need him because he was keeping it on our behalf. And when he died on the cross, He took on the penalty that you and I had on our lives for not keeping God's law perfectly. He took that on Himself. We need this baby 
who is Jesus Christ, who is God. Because of God's holiness. He was born under the law. And what did He have to do? He had to redeem those who were under the law. That's you and I. He had to redeem us. Now that means, if you look at the word redeem, it means that we're caught up. We aren't free to do as we want to, as many people think they are. They can just live lives free. They're not. They're in captivity. They're under the curse of the law. And they're under the curse of eternal death. And I know it's Christmas and I'm speaking about death. Because it's part of this truth. You see, captivity to that condition is the default condition of every single human that's born. And we're helpless to rescue ourselves. And people try and, and do things in life to lessen that knowledge. They try and get caught up in all kinds of things that, that think they will bring them pleasure. And whether it's adrenaline or alcohol or all kinds of things, they try and pour these things on their lives so that they don't have to think about this thing which is in every single soul. That they are lost without God. Whether they would acknowledge that or not. But Jesus came to pay the full slave price of the law to free us. He came to free us from the slavery of sin. And how did He do that? He, he did that by keeping God's law perfectly and then dying for our, inadequ- our inadequacy to keep it. And here's the fantastic part of our text. He did this, why? Look at the verse. What does it say? There's a reward here for you and I who believe. It's so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now that's an amazing verse. Jesus Christ came as a little baby to this earth to bring this reward to us. What is that? To free us from slavery so that we could become a son of God and a daughter of God. And by the way, when we say son, ladies, we mean you too. It's an adoption term. We welcome you into adoption. We, became, we can become sons of God. That's a privilege of the curse being removed from us by Jesus Christ. And this adoption status gets transferred to us. Not just the adoption status, but we get the full rights, we get the full privileges of being God's adopted sons and daughters. We receive His full blessing. Do you see what Christmas is about? It's receiving the full blessing of God poured out on us if we would only accept His gift of His Son. And what does that result in for you and I? There's the last part of our our verse. It results in God's Spirit coming down on us. And it does something to us. When His Spirit comes down on us, His Spirit causes us to cry out, Abba, Father! Instead of being just servants, we become sons. And sons who are closely connected with our Father. We are no longer alone. God is in us. Emmanuel. God with us. How is He with us? His Spirit comes to dwell inside of us. Live inside of us. We become one with God. Think about that. There is no closer state of oneness 
mind. We become one with eternal God through His Spirit. You see, a human father can't give all your characteristics to your progeny. Thank the Lord for that sometimes. We can give them our worst habits and our best. But we can't transfer our natures to our kids. Far less an adopted child, right? In an adopted child, there's no genetics even involved. And so far less an adopted child can can get the nature of its adopted parent. But the miracle is that when God adopts us into His family, He gives you and I His very own nature. How's that? Through His Spirit. Through faith in His Son. There's the Trinity at work in our lives. Praise the Lord for that. That's the message of Christmas. It's not about presents. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about all these rushing around and getting all the things ready. It's about God living with you and I. Emmanuel, God with us. And my prayer for you and I this morning is that you have God living with you. And if you're a believer here today, I pray that you would be encouraged by that. That you'd be reminded of that again. That you'd take stock of your life. Stop your rushing around. Remember, God is in you. And if you're not a believer, I pray that God would take hold of your soul this morning. That He would grab you away from the darkness that you're still trapped in because you are helpless without Him. And that you would allow Jesus Christ to become your Savior. Accept His gift this Christmas. But you need to take hold of Him. And the only way to take hold of Jesus Christ is to bow your knee to Him. It's in that posture of humility that He will come and save you. No pride before God will save you. Only humility. And so what is God's gift to us? I want to ask you a few questions as I close this morning. It's this. As you face another Christmas, it's Christmas 2017. 2017 years after Christ Jesus was here and was born. I want to ask you this morning, would you continue to be a slave of sin? Or would you be a son of the living God this Christmas? It's slavery or sonship. There's no third option. You can kid yourself and think, I'll just carry on living my life. I've heard all this stuff and I don't really care about God at this stage. I'll just live life. There is no third option. You're in slavery. God says so. Would you stay a slave this Christmas when the gift of life is right in front of you? Will you accept His gift this Christmas, as you're reminded again, every time you see a Christmas card, if you can still get them, with a little baby in a manger, be reminded, it's slavery or sonship through this gift. It's accept or decline God's gift. That's it. And if you're a believer here today, I want to plead with you as a pastor, and I'll speak to my own soul, stop your rush. Be reminded of who God is. Be reminded that as a believer, a miracle has happened in your life. We forget it so quickly. Don't turn Jesus into a commodity in your life. 
just another tick on the tick box. But there's something more this Christmas. If you're going to hand over gifts to someone else, how about handing over the gift of eternal life to someone? You see, the secret, which is an open secret, which is the good news, is that when we receive the gift of God, He gives it to us to bring this amazing miracle into our lives, and then He says, now pass it on. Give it to someone else. So that someone else can be saved. So that another free, a soul can be freed from slavery. Pass it on. If we don't, you see, what happens to us? We become spiritual hoarders. Now, think of it. What would you think of someone who received gifts and received gifts and blessings and gifts and there they are piling up around them and they can't even hold on to them anymore and so they get someone else to hold them with them and there they come walking through life with all these gifts and some are falling behind and they're just being left there and they just want more and more and more. What do we think of someone like that? Yeah? They've got a serious problem, right? Man, greediness, not good. How come when God has given us so many blessings and His greatest gift of all, we hold on to it so tightly that we can't give it away? Because we're scared of people. Would we try and enter heaven holding on to all these blessings and not giving anything away? When God has said, I have brought, sent my Son into the world so that men and women are to be saved. And children and family members and colleagues, give them the gift of the Gospel. You see, if we don't, we become a bit like Banksy's painting. Our lives tell about Jesus Christ, but there's just packages in our arms. And people see those. And they look at the total picture and they say, how serious are you about Jesus? Let's not portray that picture this Christmas as believers. Give him away to someone else. When Jesus was born, there was no room at the inn for his mother, for him to be born. And so they were put in a stable. In other words, the innkeeper hung out the old no vacancy sign. If we don't give Jesus Christ away this Christmas, we are actually as Christians hanging that no vacancy sign over our lives. No more room for anyone else. And I plead with you, if you're an unbeliever, you have got a lodger in your inn. But why don't you ask Jesus Christ to come in and evict the other one? Because without Jesus Christ, there is no hope for the future. Don't hang that no vacancy sign in the face of Jesus Christ. Don't turn your back on Him. Let's pray. Lord our Heavenly Father, Thank you for the great gift of sending your Son. That when the time was just right in your plan of redemption, God sent forth His Son into this world 
to be born of a woman so that at the very right time He could redeem us and cause us to become sons and daughters of God so that Your Spirit could come on us and so that we could cry, helped by Your Spirit, Abba, Father, help us through this life. Thank You for Your encouragement. Help us to now give out Your gift of love to those around us. May we be bright shining lights at this Christmas time, shining out for Jesus Christ and His message of freedom. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Redeemer of mankind, the Son of God, the Light of the world. Amen.